0: At the beginning of the book, it says, In the beginning, God. He made man, and he said it's not good to be alone. So what did he do? He created the sports bar. That came a little later, but he did create the sports bar. And what was the point? You know, why do we have those when we look at it? When you watch a movie... Does it move you? Do you get excited? Do you feel lifted? Some form of connection or emotional reaction? What about a song? All of us especially that are a little older maybe, or, um, and a little older could be anything above 12, um, you hear a song and it brings back a memory, and there's a connection you make with the song. What about a picture or a painting? When you go someplace and there's a really great piece of art, or better yet, maybe when you're canoeing somewhere or out on a camping trip, and you recognize the beauty that God has placed out there, and it just moves you. There's a peace that comes. Today, we're going to ask a few questions, have a few thoughts, provide a few answers, and hopefully you'll go away with an action plan. I hate it if you don't have something to do. There's got to be something you're supposed to do when you leave here today. Now Toy Story, the movie, Buzz Lightyear, this is of course all of you know because Toy Story 4 just came out, that it's a four-part movie and uh, you'll be interested to hear that uh, Toy Story 4 last weekend passed the one billion dollar mark for a movie. And Disney Studios was the first studio ever to have five movies pass the billion dollar mark in one year. And they still have some time left, right? So you know what, people want to go to the movies. But this story passed the billion-dollar mark. There's a lot of people going to see Woody and Buzz Lightyear. And in Toy Story, we see the two of them meet each other for the first time. You know, they've got a collective, a community that they're working up there in this kid's room, and they get to come to life whenever he's out of the room, and they're worried because it's his birthday. And so what kind of toy is he going to get for his birthday? He's going to disrupt their community. And so he sends the little army man down on a recon mission. Go check it out. See who's coming. And this Buzz Lightyear dude shows up. And he's a little different. Now, Woody's a little bit concerned that he will be not the favorite anymore. He won't be the one receiving all the attention or the leader of this community Buzz Lightyear is terribly confused about who he is and what his purpose is and where he came from. He actually believes that he can fly. He believes that he's, you know, this grand person that's supposed to be able to shoot rays and take out others. And Woody spends a huge portion of the movie explaining to him, You're a toy. Your role is to be a toy to satisfy this kid. And, of course, they go through all this stuff, and there's a lot of tension between the two of them before they become friends in the end. Now, the crowd around, you know, first of all, is pretty enamored with Buzz Lightyear, and they think he's pretty cool, and, you know, Woody's being a little hard on him. You need to lighten up a little bit. And by the end, they come together as community, Now, one of the other things that has happened through the series from Toy Story to Toy Story 4 is we've all gotten to know the actors. You know the actors who are the voices, and of course, Woody is Tom Hanks. And because movies tell a story, Walt Disney, early in his career, said, movies, I want them to bring hope. I want them to go into people's lives and help them see beyond the struggle. Hmm. And Tom Hanks, um, I'm going to focus on him as a person. We're going to pull him out of the story and focus on an actor. Because over the last 24 years, we've all gotten to know Tom Hanks. He's had some pretty big movies, and he's won multiple Academy Awards. Toy is just won for voicing over. But he has embraced the role. He's not somebody who said, I'm going to do this once and then not do it anymore. He said, I found a role that I associate with this character, and he becomes that character. He tells the story of visiting, his kids are in their 30s now, and he has grandkids. And he tells the story of visiting Disney. And um, during one of the parades, Woody is coming down the street. And as they see Woody, his daughter begins to cry. Because she says, Dad, you will always be Woody. Now that's a great person who has assumed a role, and that character is always them. You know, how am I going to go with this to what God wants, the truth? And so I said, you know what, let's go with Philippians, the whole book. And I got plenty of time. I don't have to be anywhere till tomorrow. Um, but I love the book of Philippians. It's the only book where Paul does not give a correction to the church He expresses an abundance of love. And there's verses in there that all of us know. We may not know they were from Philippians, and I can be a a little bit over the top with it. But see if you can finish some of these. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. How about to live as Christ, to die as gain. Rejoice, again I say, come on y'all, everybody got that one. Again I say, rejoice, thank you. I count all things as loss in view of the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus. One of my favorites, forgetting what lies behind, I press on, you keep moving. I I think everybody will get the next two. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through what? Prayer and thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing. Most of us know that one. How about I can do All all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's all from the book of Philippians. You know, and when we look at that, when Paul introduces the book, he is intimate with them. It's his most intimate book. He gives an update. He says, here's how I'm doing. He goes to his church that he hasn't seen in 12 years, and he says, let me tell you what's been going on. And he expresses gratitude for the gifts that they've been sending to the churches that they've been planting. And he begins to tell them, here's the pattern of life. Here's how you need to be living. Here's what I want you to do. And he says, when you do that, here's the prize you're going to get in the end. And he ends with praise. All of us want a goal. You want to know, if I do this right, what do I get out of it? Lord, where are we going with this? What's the reason? And that's what Paul does with the book. And in the middle of this this book, he's trying to get a group of people to come together, a diverse group. There's very few Jews, if any, in Philippi. It's one of the few places. So it's just about an all-Gentile church. Probably is an all-Gentile church. And so these people have no background in the Bible, the Old Testament, the prophecies, and so they're learning things that are new, and they're coming. It's a very uh, cosmopolitan city, so people have been coming from all over the place. You know, you can think of Tidewater as fairly cosmopolitan because people are here from a lot of different places, mostly because of the military. The number of people moving in and out of this area is high, just like Philippi was. How do these diverse people come together? And this is the key verse. So if you're taking notes, this is where you write it down. Philippians 2, 1 to 4. It's going to be on the screen. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let's pray. Lord God, we just trust in your word, and I want you to take that verse and implant it in the hearts of the people here today so that we are looking out for the other all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, stick that verse back up there real quick. If, if there is any encouragement in Christ's people, does does Christ encourage us? Yeah. Yeah. If there's any consolation of love, does love provide consolation? Yes. If any fellowship with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you meeting the Holy Spirit in me, we have a common spirit where we converse on the same level. And there's a place where we... There's just an association when you're talking about God with other believers. Any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way. You know, those first words, encouragement, comes from the Greek word periclesis; It means to bind together. You probably, paracleses, paraclete, or cleats on your shoes are made to attach to the ground. Christ attaches himself to us. That's our encouragement. Consolation of love. Consolation is a soft whisper in your ear. In a way as if you're being hugged. Consolation of love. The love of Christ whispers in our ear and reminds us that we have value, that you count, you matter. Any fellowship with the Spirit? Fellowship is the word koinonia. Some of you may have heard that. It's people doing life together. You ever think of that when you come in here? The people that you show up in church with, you're doing life with them. That's a community. That's a community. United in spirit, intent on one purpose. And intent is effort. I love this this part that we get down to, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. How many of us think the same way? you know what, we wouldn't be arguing on Facebook so much if we all thought the same way. But to me, that's part of the process. By getting involved in community and voicing opinions, we begin to develop the thoughts that all of us have. We have to engage in order to learn how to think the same way, have the same love, and be united in spirit and get intent on one purpose. Probably the best word on there is the word others. And we would, because we would never see it. Go ahead and go down. Interests of others. And that comes from the Greek word heteron. Say that with me, heteron. That's the one I want you to remember. It means others of a different kind. Paul is communicating to you that he wants you to be all that way, united in spirit with others, thinking the same way, and these others are others of a different kind. People that think differently from you, people that come from different family backgrounds, people that may think different politically, may think different economically. How do we do this? How do we come together as a group? Because it does happen. It does happen. Let's look at another clip.
1: Look, we're gonna move out in two hours. Why don't you get some sleep? No, no, he doesn't. What's that? He falls asleep like that. I mean, look at him. The guy's lights out, the door his head, it's the back. A clear conscience. Yeah, well, what's the same? If God's on our side, who the hell could be on this? Hmm. If God be for us, who could be against us? Yeah, what I think? Well, actually, the, the trick to falling asleep is trying to stay awake. How was that way? Well, m- when my mother was an intern, she used to um, work late through the night, sleep through the day. So the only time that we ever got to talk about anything was when she'd get home. So what I, I used to do, I used to lie in my bed and try to stay awake as long as I could, but it never worked, because... Because the harder I tried, the faster i fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, that wouldn't have mattered none of my ass. My mom, she would have come home, shook me awake, chatted me up till dawn. I swear that woman was never too tired to talk. That's probably the only time she could get a word in. Funny thing is, sometimes she'd come home early. and I'd pretend to be asleep. Who, oh, your mom? Yeah. Stand in the doorway looking at me, and I just keep my eyes shut, and I knew she just wanted to find out about my day, that she came home early, just to talk to me. And I still wouldn't move, I'd still pretend to just be asleep. Oh, I did that.
0: You know, as Tom Hanks only shows up right at the beginning of that clip, but what's going on in that room? It's in a church. And in Saving Private Ryan, we meet a group of men that are already a pretty tight unit. And as we go through the movie, we see them get closer and closer. We watch them as they together face some significant threats. And ultimately, every one of them gives their life for a vision, a purpose. And Tom Hanks, as he works within that team, he works within them to make them a tighter and tighter group. Throughout the first half of that movie, we see Tom Hanks not telling them what he did when he was back in the States. And it always remains a conversation. It's a unifying theme. What's our unifying theme at Christ Fellowship? Because one of the things Paul talks about in Philippians and why it's important for us to unify is because there's a struggle. We face real evil. We face sin. Not just our own, but a world full of sin. And it's sin that causes people to struggle, that holds them in slavery and holds them captive. And how are we going to find those guys and get them home? Because that's what we want to do. The movie changed Tom Hanks. Anybody that follows his career even a little bit recognizes that after he did that movie, he came home and got really involved in World War II issues. He was the driving force behind the ultimate World War II memorial that's now on the mall in Washington, D.C. He also started a series on HBO called Band of Brothers. What a great series. And he's doing another one called Pacific. Pacific. For the same reasons. He recognizes the intensity when we package people together in a serious place of threat, in war, in a foxhole, on a ship. That people come together and work as a team to protect each other and to reach the common goal. That's the unifying intent and purpose. That's the unifying intent and purpose how does this work how do we make that work in our day to day lives how can I think this through with you so that you and I can both say here's what I want to take home and how does it come out show me the last film clip Bars it's time to start
1: Lieutenant Dang. Hello, Forrest. You got new legs. New legs.
0: Yeah, I got new legs. Custom made. Titanium alloy. It's what they use on the space shuttle.
1: Magic legs. This is my fiance, Susan. Lieutenant Diane.
0: Hi, Forrest.
1: Lieutenant Diane, this is my Jenny.
0: Hey. It's nice to meet you finally. <laughs> Who who would put that in, like, one of your top five favorite movies? Yeah, you and me. I'm right there with you. You know, and in that final scene right there, as it begins to close and draw a conclusion in the movie, how does Tom Hanks bring that home to us? It's one of the best movies he's made as far as seeing his talent. When you see an actor in that role doing what he does best. And Jenny, who's been a train wreck through the whole movie, and he's been pursuing her quietly, living his life, he ends up with the girl in the end. The other character, Lieutenant Dan, who's also been So focused on what he is supposed to be. I'm supposed to be this person. And through life circumstances, he finds out, not so much, but who am I supposed to be? And he goes from someone early in the movie that we see as a full-on racist to marrying a Vietnamese girl in the end. That's the power of story. And what's your story? What's the story that you can take and share? Because we can take a story like a movie. We can discuss it with someone. It becomes common ground for us to communicate with people inside and outside. Remember Toy Story, a billion dollars? That's a lot of people have gone to see that movie. We can take that story, use it as a way to tell your story. What is your story that you can share with others? How God has worked in your life? How he's brought things together from early ambitions and life and disappointments and failures and tragedy? How has he used that to shape you? And then we move that to tell The Jesus story. We begin to tell God's story. That builds communities. Three things. Join the community. Get involved in the church. Not just here, but during the week. Even if it's a cup of coffee with somebody that you can interact with regularly. Build Christian community outside the church. I, of course, will solicit everyone to join Kairos. If you've never been to prison, you haven't had real fun. Fact. Fact. And it's a miracle. If you want to see God work, if you truly want to see God work, get out and get engaged in other communities. We see it in Kairos, you can see it in others. You know, a few years ago, a guy who's a retired Coast Guard captain invited me to a bible study I said sure i'll show up and he said we're meeting at Emerson's cigar shop in greenbrier I said okay it's never been in there before in my life but i'll show up went to the back there's a nice lounge couches chairs and there was two guys and they said what are you going to teach i said what do you mean what am i going to teach it's your bible study i'm just showing up they said well we we're kind of hoping you teach something so I said, book of John. Let's do that. John chapter 1. <laughs> Look at Just went through that book. Left them alone for a couple of weeks. Came back. Three guys were there. They hadn't done much, so John chapter 2. We started doing that. And I saw all of a sudden thought, you know, God has sent me here to talk to this group of guys. So we started meeting every week, just going through one chapter a week that started in August. By December, there were 35 guys showing up every Tuesday night, a half hour before closing. Guys would walk in, go to the counter, get a cigar. They'd see all the guys sitting in the back, huge plume of smoke. And uh, he'd go, what's going on back there? And they'd say, Bible study. And they'd go, no, shucks. They didn't say shucks, but and they'd come back there, and they'd stand there for a minute smoking their cigar. Guys, some guys sipping wine. Some guys sipping bourbon. Some guys just smoking their cigars. A few of us not doing any of the above. But what was interesting is pretty soon they'd join the group. If you make yourself available, God will show you opportunities. You can walk into those opportunities just like Forrest Gump. You think about it, in that whole movie, he's just walking into whatever life had for him. And then what did he do? He invited others in. Invite others in. There's a lost world out there. There's a lost world out there, and you and I have the answer Jesus Christ changes everything. Jesus died on a cross so that he could win us back from sin and evil. If people will listen to the message, we have everything on our side, the evidence of history, the body of science that is building up. Atheists are moving from atheist to agnostic to believers. Maybe at first an in intelligent design, but as soon as you get to intelligent design, you've got to say, who's the designer? And when somebody asks that question, you can be there. And say, I know him. Let me tell you about it. You have to get personal. It's your personal mission field. God has placed you wherever you are. In your job. In your family. In your community. In your neighborhood. As a mission field. How are you engaging your mission field? Because you need to get out there and do something. And... In the beginning, God said, be fruitful and multiply. There was always going to be a lot of us. Before sin ever entered in, God said, go and multiply. He had you in mind before the foundation of the world, before sin ever came in. So there was always a mission that we were going to have. So what's your role? Shakespeare said, All the world is a stage. And the men and women are just the players on the stage. You need to be like Tom Hanks and say, I'm going to accept a role. There's a role that I feel chosen for now, and I get to choose my role. Do what Tom does and go choose that role. Present the gospel to people that need to hear. You think about it, if God already had us in mind when he could see a long ways away, he already sees you in eternity. He sees your future. And what is your hope today that you're building your future for? What's the future? Infinity and beyond. Let's pray. Lord God, we just lift you up because infinity is where you live. And we know we're going to be there with you. And Lord, we want to work to grab everybody we can and bring them with you. We want to be a great crowd that's giving praise to you. Move us to do that, to take up our cross, to take up our role and be what you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go into our time of communion now. And it's one of the things that Jesus did to bring us together and help us remember that we are a community. And so when you're taking the bread and you're taking the cup, just remember that that night... In the upper room, Jesus prayed before the meal and he prayed that we would be unified, that we would be one.